What's up, everybody? This is Sydney, and you're listening to Friendly Fire. Welcome back to Friendly Fire. Um, glad we could bring y'all another episode. You know me. I'm Sean, and Sydney is our co-host. Uh, what up, Sid? What up, man? Man, today we're going to talk, uh, review the playoffs. We're going to talk a lot of NBA basketball, and... Uh, make our Super Bowl predictions. Um, it's only two teams to pick from, and uh, I think we both on the same on the same page on that. But that's uh, a little bit later. Do you want to start with? Uh, we talked about Wildcard Weekend um, on the last episode, the lost episode. Do <laughs> uh, you want to? Do you want to start with division around what, what happened there? Um. Yeah. Our, we, our picks for yeah. We can do that because um, divisional weekend. Um, I took Jacksonville. I took the Saints. I took the Patriots, and I took um. What was the last game? Um, the Falcons and Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the Eagles last minute because I, I was really leading. Leaning towards taking Atlanta, but I took Philly. Um, right. So everything went as planned until Stefan Diggs' 61 yard touchdown with time expiring in Minnesota. Right. Um, <laughs> so besides that, um, everything else, like I said, went how I saw it going. I felt like uh, I, I really liked Atlanta, but I felt like Philadelphia. Um, the talent around Nick Foles is just good. And I just felt like it was too good for, well, I actually felt like Philadelphia's defense was too good for Atlanta's offense. Atlanta's, Atlanta's defense had been doing really well the past few weeks, but their offense wasn't matching that. So um, yeah. I, I really yeah, we, didn't have any faith in talked, that. Yeah, we had talked about how uh, Philadelphia, if it wasn't for Nick Foles, that that they lived in the same uh, peer group as like uh, New England and, and Pittsburgh this year, that they, that they could dominate the NFC. But, you know, that's kind of what made it a pick in between them and the Falcons uh, because, like, you didn't know what to expect from foes, but their roster was just so talented that they you could easily see them winning the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Like I said, all the the rest of the games, Patriots against the Titans, there was no chance for Tennessee. Uh, they, I was saying before that they had to, they had to make a coaching change, um, and they did after after that game was over with. They ended up letting go of their coach, but they they didn't have enough to beat New England, and then. Um, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. I I really liked uh, Jacksonville's defense in that matchup. And if Blake Bortles doesn't lose the game for you, then they always have a shot. And he didn't lose that game for him. They couldn't stop Little Fournette. And yeah, that was that. But see, Pittsburgh surprised me that that game surprised me because uh, I, I had Pittsburgh to win that one I had New England to win the Titans game we don't have to talk about that but that game surprised me just because like I think Pittsburgh and you could see all in their all in their preparation 
up to the game that they didn't really take Jacksonville seriously for whatever reason. They didn't. Um, and and the thing that was weird about it was like they didn't really lose because Jacksonville's defense was that great. That it, it was because they couldn't stop Jacksonville on offense, which was like super weird to me. But um, and dude, it's just football has changed so much that I honestly think that Jacksonville played great defensively against. Uh, the Steelers that a couple weeks ago, and they gave up forty two points. That's that's the way football is now. Like, like that was good defense, forty two yeah. points. Yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, I, so I was wrong about that one though. Um, and then we had uh, in the NFC Philadelphia. I had took the Falcons in that game. Um, but Philadelphia continues to prove that they are the best team in football right now. And then. Uh, New Orleans, Minnesota. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. If you don't want to talk about that, we don't have to. No, because I'm not. I'm not super upset about it because most of these matchups could have went anyway. So it's right. not about us losing that had me upset. It was the way that we lost. Like I said, I right. would have rather us never had closed the gap in that game, and right. then. You know, rather than to have lost the way that we lost over what was a horrible time for a rookie mistake, because that's what it was. It was a rookie mistake. And it is what it is, man. Uh, We went a whole lot further than anybody what they saw us going this season. I know at the beginning of the season, they were saying seven wins. You know, we were a play away from the NFC Conference Championship. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the offseason now when it comes to New Orleans, re-signing Drew Brees, and then adding those other pieces that we will need going forward. You know, I, I did want to get into the offseason, but we got time to, to talk about yeah. that, like in the summertime maybe. Uh, but that game surprised me in a lot of different ways just because, like, when the when Minnesota went up seventeen nothing, I didn't think the Saints were gonna even get back in the game on the road with a great defense. Like I just I was I was surprised they got back in the game in the first place. But if the last two years of playoff football have reminded us of anything or taught us anything, it's man, the game ain't over till it's over. Yeah. It, it ain't and it's Everybody was celebrating. Everybody thought it was going to be. I heard that they were popping fireworks in New Orleans. Like, <laughs> After that last, up. yeah. Yeah, like, it ain't over till the three zeros on exactly. the so. And And we have played a lot of games this season like that on defense to where the first half the defense wasn't playing well, but then second half they turned it around. And yeah, I didn't even – I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I didn't think that the Saints defense was playing terrible. I well, thought like which they weren't playing terrible, but they gave up 17 points, and the offense yeah. wasn't putting up any points. But see, and and that's the thing. That, that's how I thought it got. You know, yeah, they fell behind 17 nothing. I thought Minnesota's defense was just dominant. I, I thought that that was what got them. Like they had one good drive to start the game and mm-hmm. then it was the interception. Like Breeze was what, like one for four for three yards and a pick at one point. Yeah. Like Just they were dominating the game. So yeah. I 
I didn't put that on the Saints defense. I thought that was just Minnesota. And and that's what it just just like we'll get into about um this conference championship weekend, but I never worry about the offense. You know, no matter how they start or you know, like I'm never worried, oh, you know, we can't put up points, they're gonna shut us out. I'm never worried about that. Sean Payton, Drew Brees, they're gonna figure that part out. So is the defense gonna be able to continue to slow down this other offense? And they were able to do that and it was obviously just fate for Minnesota to move on to the next round. And it's and it's retarded because then like, you know, we've been talking about a lot. Like the thing that is the best about football, the thing that I love the most about football is that it's so random that mm-hmm. you can have plays like that happen at the end of the game and then a team that probably shouldn't have won wins. But then the thing about that that becomes frustrating is it's so random yeah. that a team with Drew Brees and and a, and a good coach and Sean Payton don't get to go because of random play and then Minnesota goes to Philadelphia and get dominated. Yeah, like, it, exactly. It's, it's crazy. So the, the best team doesn't always win, which is the gift and the curse. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, I mean, and then moving right into Philadelphia and Minnesota, they ain't even really much to talk about in, <laughs> in that game. I mean, it's like Minnesota Minnesota played like the team that I actually thought that they would be all year long. Like, yeah. the, the, de- the defense was great, but I, I mean, Diggs and Thielen are starting to impress me a little bit, but I don't, they, they not. They're not like anybody that you would be like if you if you were thinking about the top receivers in the league you would go oh Stephon did you know what I'm saying yeah, like, yeah yeah so I mean they played well I think they they overachieved all year long but the man, you forget oh my bad no I was just gonna say it's easy to forget that Dalvin Cook you know they still got Cook coming back next year but they could I still think they can upgrade that receiver but anyway. That and that's and I was that's what I was about to point to was running back position because if you look at their stats over the season, they had a pretty good running game. But if you mm-hmm. watch them, they don't like. Yeah. No, uh, Latavius Murray and uh, McKinnon. Like, no, y'all don't have a good running game. Mm-hmm. And Philadelphia showed you that you're not gonna run the ball against us. We're gonna make Case Keenum step sit back in the pocket and throw the ball against us, and he's mm-hmm. not gonna be able to do that. And that's what that came down to. I went into the game thinking that it would be a high-scoring game on both sides. I just felt like the defenses, the defenses wouldn't have been able to play up to the standard. Um, but one defense did and the other one didn't, and that led to a blowout. Right. And so in the divisional round, we both had uh, – the Patriots and the Eagles winning winning those games. I had the same picks as you. Uh, but Jacksonville, Jacksonville's defense is ridiculous. Yeah. Like it, it, it's so good, bro. Like and and Fournette, dude. If they just had a serviceable serviceable quarterback, but another thing that's easy to forget, Allen Robinson got hurt. Yeah. You know, that, that wide receivers, they all they need is a quarterback that's not going to lose. And Bortles, Bortles didn't play bad. I'm not putting that yeah, on him he didn't, in that, that game. He really didn't. But the problem is when you got 55 seconds left and a half and, and they don't trust you. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like that, to, to go and get any points, we just going to kneel it and go into the half. Like That's the difference between somebody that they trust and somebody that they don't. And they absolutely, they absolutely have to 
they have to get a better quarterback. But if they were able to upgrade their receiver position or maybe even get a better, younger tight end than Mercedes Lewis, then you could probably mm-hmm. still ride with Blake Borders for a good period of time because you got better talent at those positions. Like, he had a miraculous year, what that was last season, when mm-hmm. Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns both went over for over a thousand yard receiving. So yeah. if you you can if you can upgrade the talent, then Blake Borders can stay your quarterback. But your best option is probably to, to go and get someone else. Um, Tom Brady. People hate the Patriots so much that they just try to find any way to knock them. It's so irritating. <laughs> so yesterday, uh, well Sunday, I received a lot of texts saying, "Oh, they just trying to hype up Tom Brady." with the stitches to his hand. No, the dude's great. Like, he made passes yesterday, uh, Sunday against that defense that were just amazing. There was one he made to Gronk before he got hurt in triple coverage that Gronk came down with. Like, the dude is just amazing. Um, They went down 14-0 at the beginning of the game, and I was like, the Patriots still going to win this game. Uh-huh. You never doubt it. And yeah, and a lot of that is because Blake Bortles isn't trusted by his coaches and by his team, which affects their play calling, which affects them being able to possess the ball for the amount of time needed to secure a 14, to keep a 14 point lead. Leonard Fournette did what he could. Um, he's a great player, man. But like you said, if they had a serviceable quarterback, they could have won that game. They absolutely could have won the game. If you just had somebody that you could have trusted to do more than run the ball, essentially. See, I'm so glad that you brought back to Leonard Fournette because, you know, if anybody that don't know that's listening to the show, I can't stand LSU football. I hate – I root against them with everything in my soul. But – when Fournette was there, like I, you could see the talent, and I don't ever deny talent. And so I'm just like, wow, he, you know, he doesn't have do. anything more going for him than being able to dominate running the football. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have a skill set outside of being able to run. Yeah. But God damn, can he run the exactly. football? Like it's, just, it's like, wow, he reminds me a lot of Adrian Peterson. Yeah. You know, when he came into the league, so it's just like, man. Like, how you stopping that? Yeah. So. And and the only and the only knock that could be on that is because you you don't have a quarterback, you're running him way more than you should. You're taking mm. time off of his career. I don't see Blake Bortles being a quarterback in Jacksonville next year. Not the starter anyway, unless they can upgrade that receiver position like I like I talked about in a yeah. dramatic way. Yeah, and the Patriots, though, like, it's just, you can point to all kinds of things that are just absolutely amazing. Dude, they did that without, they did that comeback without Gronk and Edelman. I forgot that Edelman was playing. Man, it's just every year with this dude and, and just the ridiculous things that you can look at, and it's just like, how? Philip Dorsett popped up out of nowhere for what seems to be like his third catch of the season. I forgot he was there. Man. And when you, when you like, Deion Lewis fumbled the football, and I was like, well, he's done for the day. 
But just knowing that the next running back is going to come in and do exactly the same thing or better for them is ridiculous. They're like, oh, okay, well, it's time for James White or Rex Burkhead or whoever they want to pull off the bench and and run the football with. Dude, it's so crazy how the Spurs and the Patriots are so similar, like, in that they know who they they trust their coach and their star player, Mm -hmm. and everybody else falls in line. When you come in, you come in. I don't care. I don't really know what care what your skill set is. It's going to adjust to what we do here. Like, it's not it's not going to be like, oh, well, you do this. So we're going we're going to change how we play it. No, no, no. And that's what a lot of teams fall into. Yeah. But like. Dude, like Stephon Gilmore, uh, the the example that I'm thinking of in my mind, Stephon Gilmore makes the play yeah. on the on the third down. Like a couple of years ago, that was Revis. You know what I'm saying? No. But, it, but it's the same. It's the same system. They just pump out different players year after year after year. It's ridiculous. It is. Like, and <laughs> and I said this. I said this a couple of weeks ago when we did our first show of the year. Is all that coming to an end though? Like I like we thought, they're losing both of their coordinators. Tom's getting older. You know, he's still playing at a, a great level right now, but still, he's 40, you know? So how yeah, much longer that, will that last? Right. And, and me bringing up the Spurs, I think, is – is because we're going to make our Super Bowl picks later. But I, but you saying that uh, is it coming to an end, I think, is a, is a good segue into basketball because – Man, I'm telling you, I've been telling you, oh, yeah, I don't know about the Spurs, bro. I don't know about, like, yeah, they got a good record, but I don't know about them, bro. And Kawhi ain't been healthy. Aldridge, we can talk to him blue in the face about Aldridge. He's he's a good player in the wrong era. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, like yeah. he would have been good, like, in, in the early, in the late 90s, early 2000s. But, you know, Parker losing his starting job, going to the, I, I just, I don't know about them, bro. Um, I really, they suspect. I'm less concerned. I told you this. It's the Spurs. Like, I'm not ready to jump off of that yet. Um, I'm less concerned about their on-court play as I am about this news about Kawhi being um, mad with the team about how they're handling his injury situation. Obviously, he feels like he can play. And when you have a star like that in a town like San Antonio – where Tim Duncan is now going, like you said, Tony Parker just lost his starting spot. So now, as they're transitioning, they were leaning on, oh, we have Kawhi Leonard. Well, you make Kawhi Leonard mad, then what do you have? You have a town, you have a player that's ready to leave town. Mm-hmm. And then that definitely could be the end of that, you know, if he's forcing his way out of there. Yeah. Like I said, though, bro, like the, and the West is so stacked that it's like, the Spurs are in that top three seed, but you know, just like in football, when the playoffs start, it's a different season. Mm-hmm. And and right now, the six seed, whoever they match up with in that first round, whoever they end up matching up with, the way they look right now, I don't know that I would pick them. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, I, it ain't it ain't like oh, well, it's just the Spurs. Like, no, they they suspect to me. Yeah, I mean, they. I never count them out because regardless of who's on the court for them, they're going to play defense. Yeah, and that's one team. That. Yeah, and that's one team that I really like. No matter who they're playing, I like their defense against whoever their offense is, whether it's Golden State, whether it's Houston. They're going to play defense against those teams. But right. at this moment, I'm with you. I probably wouldn't pick them against 
Golden State or against Houston. Um, I'm not even talking about the second round. I'm I'm talking about like right now, as if they started the playoffs right now at a four seed, they would play against Oklahoma City. And you know, we talked about Oklahoma City. Yeah, I I think right if Kawhi is healthy, I think right now I still take them against OKC. Right, but it wouldn't be like. I, I think it could be six or seven. I could see yeah, I wouldn't seven. see. Yeah, I wouldn't say it'd be four or five games. No. Yeah. And like you say, the 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 West is stacked. So. Right. I mean, just just watching how the seedings will play out in the West is going to be exciting going on going forward in the season. So right now, New Orleans is up to the sixty, and with the way Demarcus Cousins played last night. Like they would right now, they would match up against Minnesota. Minnesota ain't as good as they should be on defense. But like, you think? Do you think that if the if the Pelicans stay in that bottom five, like you know what I'm saying, like the fifth seed, sixth seed, seventh seed, eighth seed, wherever they end up, do you think that they could beat one of those top four seeds in the West, like in a in a seven game series? And the top seeds being Houston, Golden no. State. Oklahoma Minnesota, City, Minnesota. Minnesota. No, no, San, oh, San Minnesota, Antonio. San Antonio. Minnesota, San Antonio, definitely. I can see the Pelicans. Right. The Pelicans beating them. The the thing that it comes down to against a, a Houston and a Golden State, which isn't usually a big concern in the NBA, is coaching. Can Alvin Gentry outcoach Steve Kerr or outcoach Mike D'Antoni? Because you have the matchup advantage on the inside, Mm -hmm. but can you stop them on the outside or prevent them from taking as many threes as they want because you're fighting them with twos? You don't have have too many perimeter scores in New Orleans, so you're taking twos, but if they're taking and making nothing but threes, you can't win that. And remember I said in the summertime that New Orleans was a team that was interesting to me when you think about matchups. Styles make fights. You know what I'm saying? And it ain't like they have a center. Like, they don't have throwback center and power forward. Yeah. Like, oh, they just they just going to beat them in the paint with where post-possessions. DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis can still take them on the block, but it ain't like their liabilities defensively. On the other hand, to the way that Golden State plays, uh, plays on offense – and more importantly, it ain't like that they, they just have to depend on twos anyway. They cause both of them can step back and shoot the yeah. basketball. So like if they could get any type of sustain sustainable perimeter play, mm-hmm. that team could could change the way basketball is being played, just like Golden State did. But I, I don't know. I, I think they I we've been saying I think they need to have great coaching and you know, look, bro. Playoff Rondo starting to show <laughs> You know, he had 20 assists uh, like last week. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. but mean, Rondo not going to be the one helping you on the perimeter. So. Right, right. <laughs> or at the free throw line. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like, they're an interesting team, though, bro. Like, I'm, I'm definitely going to pay attention to them more going forward now that football is almost over with. But, um, like, because I haven't heard much about Drew Holiday this season. Well, Drew's been playing good since December, but I still don't. I don't like him. Is that is that? Should I can I say that? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's 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 how you feel. 
I just, I don't, there's something about his game that I just don't really care for. Um, but it doesn't matter. And I've, I've always been a fan of Drew Holiday. Um, but then it comes down to the shooting guard and small forward position, which they have nobody of relevance, I'm sure. Right. So I, I don't know. The Pelicans, like I say, it would definitely come – well, the trade deadline isn't here yet either. But it would right. definitely come down to, at this moment, in matchups like that, to coach him. If you can out-coach him, because if Anthony Davis is healthy and him and DeMarcus Cousins are going to show up, you ain't got to worry about that part. Right. But can you stop that other team from doing what they do best, which is shooting threes? See, I think that they have to stay six or five, and then they and they could win a playoff series. But, yeah. but, but one and two, bro, like Golden State and, and Houston is as is as dominant. Because remember, remember I was saying uh, – the Cavaliers and the and the Warriors, like last year, it felt different. Like yeah. it just felt like different teams, and it didn't really matter what happened. And this year, I feel like Cleveland obviously isn't in that in that peer group. I think that it's Houston, bro. And I've been I've been watching them enough, and I watched them play. You know, go to say didn't have Iguodala, but mm-hmm. Houston Houston didn't have Ariza. But so it was it was a good enough matchup that you could see. Everybody was there. James Harden was there. Durant was there, and that I I I just I keep saying it, and it's not because I'm rooting against Golden State. Yeah. I, no, I would I would prefer Golden State lose just to have some new blood in it. Yeah. But I don't I don't hate them like I hated the Heat. Um, but Houston, I think they're to be taken seriously, bro. I think I think they view themselves as the team as a team that's not that far away from Golden State. And they aren't. Um, but the thing that that differs them from Golden State or what Golden State absolutely does better, because you could say Houston shoots threes almost as well as Golden State. I think Golden State probably does it as a, at a better efficiency. I think Houston takes way more threes than they do. But yeah. still, defensively, Golden State is still a better team. They are, but Houston, Houston has improved dramatically on defense. Like, Capella's playing great. Ariza, mm-hmm. they have uh, Mbaye Mute healthy. And the thing that's the X factor, too, though, bro, is Chris Paul, Chris Paul. Watching, that, watching that matchup against Golden State, Chris Paul doesn't fear Durant yeah. in, the, in, the, in the way that a lot of people do. And, yeah, he's still a lot smaller. But I don't think that the way whenever they get matched up onto each other, him and Steph Curry, Chris Paul doesn't fear them. And it goes it goes back to, if you watch that game, it goes back to what I talked about in the last episode, bro. The top point guards in the league do not respect Steph Curry. They don't. They yeah. can't. It's almost like they can't stand him. Like, And so when I'm watching that game going, Chris Paul, this seems almost personal. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's going to be, I hope we get that in the Western Conference Finals. I really do. And like I say, Steph Curry, man, once again, he's somebody else that a lot of people don't like, but you can't ignore this, man. Like, you can't deny how good he is. Like, when Kevin Durant was out, no, when Steph Curry was out, then Kevin Durant went out and Steph Curry came back, it was like they haven't missed anything, you know? Like, Kevin Durant's going to Steph Curry's back and they're the same team. 
dude is amazing, man. Every time I watch him, I'm just like, wow. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, that team, the way that team is made up, bro. Like Steph, Steph's skill set and and what they put around him is made. You know, they're a dominant team, but Durant almost makes them unfair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, because you when you see. When you watch when stuff was out, they were still they were winning, but it was still a lot more close games. So when they lost, you know they would lose close games. But then you then you think about it like, man, they still missing twenty seven points a game. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's and that's what it is. Like when Durant was out, when they still got stuff, like it almost makes them unfair. Yeah. Like they're already a dominant team, and then you still adding in another MVP caliber player, and then, and I think that that's what a lot of people around the league, not just fans, don't like or respect about Steph Curry and, and Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, but at the, I can see the Kevin Durant point, but Steph was already there, you know? Like, he wasn't, yeah, yeah so I don't know. I mean, I like I like that other point guards take it personal when they play mm-hmm. Steph. It's kind of like he feeds off it, though. Like, it doesn't bother him any, you know? It makes him yeah. want to showboat even more. So, uh, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't get the Houston go to state matchup in the conference finals. Yeah. Uh, Unless Chris Paul get hurt, which he tends to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that, of course. I'm coming around, bro. Like, I'm coming around yeah. to them coming out of making it past the second round even though Chris Paul is a curse. So I, they probably won't, but I'm coming around to it. Um, I'm telling you, though, know, remember we talked about, well, since we've been friends, people don't know, it's, it goes back a long way. But when Cam Newton first came in the league, I thought he was going to be a bust. I yeah. was really wrong about that. This I've been as wrong about anything uh, that I can remember in a long time as I was about Houston. I thought that was going to be a disaster. <laughs> uh, him and him and uh, James, James Harden, Harden. Chris Paul and Harden, yeah, and James Harden. But it has not only worked; it's worked to a point that I could I could see them giving Golden State a series. You yeah. Know? So, but anyway, now we got to talk about the Eastern Conference. Lord Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 Cavaliers, bro. Like, what you want to say about them? <sighs> Disclaimer, I'm not a LeBron James fan for anybody that doesn't know. Right. Um it's it's a combination of just an older team <laughs> and um a bad mixture of players. Like right. when when they made the trade for Kyrie, I mean t- when they traded away Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas, for Jay Crowder. Just looking at it, you're like, man, Jay Crowder is something they need against Golden State because they need that perimeter defense, and he can shoot the three. Isaiah Thomas, yeah, he's a little undersized, but he's going to, for the most part, give you the same thing Kyrie was giving you. But then Derrick Rose, who on a night-to-night basis or a week-to-week basis, you don't know where his mind is or if he's going to play or not. And then you're just now working Isaiah Thomas back into the rotation. And then you have Trisha Thompson, who looks like, I don't even know. He he looks nothing like the player that earned him the contract that he got. Dwayne Wade is older. He's holding his own, especially since he's moved to the second unit. But 
it's a it's a bad mixture of players. J.R. Smith looks nothing like he did last season. It's and LeBron is doing LeBron things, but as we already know, he can't do it on his own. Kevin Love has been doing what he can do. Like, I don't think there's any more that can even be expected out of Kevin Love than what he's given them. So it's just not enough on that team. And like I said, uh, when they made that trade and you saw the Jay Crowder accusation, you was like, man, that's that may be enough for them to hold their own against Golden State. They have to get to Golden State. Like, right. they have to get there. And right now it doesn't look like they'll be able to do that. Dude, I got to tell you, every single year we go through the same stuff with the Cavaliers. Um, and I keep trying to point out to people every year around this time when they're, st- when they're struggling, they have so many things moving around. There's no continuity. There's never any time where they don't have, oh, well, we got this going on. Oh, well, we got that going on. Think about it. Last year was the Corva trade. And then uh, J.R. Smith missed all that time. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, it's, it's always something. This year, Isaiah Thomas coming back in January. Tristan Thompson been hurt. There is, it's always so many moving parts that they never have anything solid. And so when I'm looking at them going, okay, all right, relax. First of all, they play in the East. And let's see what they do at the trade deadline. Saturday was the first time I looked at that team in all of the years that since LeBron been back, all three years when I was like, man, uh, chill out. They'll be all right. Yeah. Saturday was the first time during the regular season I was like, this team has some issues. Like, and you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. defensive stuff that people that people talk about doesn't bother me because because it, it's it's another level in the playoffs. Everybody knows that, you know. And, and LeBron James is the, supposed to be their leader defensively, and he still got the skill set to be good on defense. Crowder is the one that I'm disappointed in. That that has been a disaster. Crowder has can't, he can't shoot the threes anymore. All of a sudden, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like it's like he can't defend anybody either. So, but anyway, that. <laughs> Like, it, so, like, the things that are wrong with them, though, is almost compounded by the fact that their offense, their offense has been great. But everything that's going on with them, with, with Derrick Rose, remember you talked about you don't know mm-hmm. if Derrick Rose is going to play. He was supposed to be their backup point guard. Then he got his situation, and then Jose Calderon yeah. playing. Sometimes they playing without a point guard. Uh-huh. It's, it's just a weird mess of things that's going on all at the same time. But... Thomas hasn't been good on defense, and he never really will be at this level. And then Love is not athletic. We've known that for years. And Thomas uh, Thompson had been out for so long. And so I'm looking at them going, what can they do? That, I, don't, I don't even know that there's any one or two trades out there that, can, that you can go, man, this team, if they do this, they'll get better. Like, remember, I was saying, like, when they got bogey, I was like, man, if they get bogus, they could, they, they'll be all right, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. But this year I'm looking across the, the league and all of the people that are that are trying to be traded and the assets that they have on their team. It's like, what you going to do? There, there ain't nothing you can do. And we talked about this uh, before, um, how, you, you know, we go through this every year with Cleveland, you know, is this the year they fall off? And this year, to me, it just it seems different than the past two years. 
Because like I say, one year J.R. Smith was playing out of his mind. Like that was the bright spot. And you know what? They're they're not looking the same, but J.R. Smith was playing out of his mind. And another season, it was Tristan Thompson. So even with them trying to figure it out, you had those bright spots. This year, it's LeBron or bust. If LeBron's not there, there's nothing else going on for that team that can help them in any way. And um, we talked about it. And the only the only trade that I see that could really make a difference, not only for Cleveland, to, but for anybody that's not Houston to have a chance against Golden State, is the DeMarcus Cousins trade. But then that comes down to if you're willing to give up your biggest asset that's not LeBron James, which is that Brooklyn first-round pick, in order to have somebody for the rest of the season, potentially, and then that be it. And I don't think they're going, I don't think they're going to trade that, and I, uh-huh. honestly, I honestly don't think that they should because with the way things are falling apart at the seams, like LeBron James, he's going to be gone. you got to have <laughs> yeah. something. Exactly. You know but, but, bro, this is the first time in a while, though, like, that I really feel like LeBron James should be held accountable in the sense that, like, oh, well, remember Kyrie Irving? One of the things that Kyrie Irving talked about is how he didn't like how much control LeBron had over the franchise. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, okay, well, I mean, he's great. He's great. But that's this is almost a perfect example of why players should play and coaches should coach and, and let the front office do what they do. You got LeBron James clamoring for all types of people and all types of things that they've done to appease him. Yeah. And it's their problem. Josh Smith all of a sudden can't shoot and you're paying him out of out of his mind. Tristan Thompson's a limited player. You can't move him because nobody wants his contract. And he hasn't improved. He's almost regressed. Yeah. You, nah, nah, you, say, you know what I'm saying? And you were the one who got there and wanted to get rid of Wiggins for love, which it worked. You won a title, but... In that, uh, first of all, a title you probably shouldn't have won, but <laughs> Kevin Love all of a sudden gets there and, and all he can do is stretch the floor. He, that That's all he can do for you. Yeah. Like, and remember the thing that I was the absolute most disappointed in about Kevin Love is when people thought he was the best power forward in the league, me included, when people thought he was the best power forward in the league, he used to dominate on the glass. Mm-hmm. What you doing? What you doing, bro? Like, you can't even rebound no more. Like it's not, it's like he got there and he forgot how to be an all star, and you know now you got Kyrie Irving, which getting that Brooklyn pick from the Celtics was was a good thing, and and Thomas can give them what Irving gave them whenever he gets back to being his normal self. But I thought there were other trades that that they could like the the Bledsoe trade would have been a lot better to me just because he can defend. A lot better, and you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and what they getting, what they getting from Crowder? Shit, they might as well have just <laughs> traded them for Blesso. Like, it, I don't know. It's a disaster, and and I don't. Clearly, they're not going to win the championship, but I, I'm starting to doubt that they're going to get there. And um, and you knew that that trade was all about that Brooklyn pick, either for them to be able to trade it for something else by the trade deadline. Or just right. because they know at the end of the season LeBron's walking out the door and the right. only thing that you're going to have is Kevin Love, whether you decide to keep him or not. So you're looking at a, a complete rebuild. You might as well have a top pick, you know? Listen, listen. They had that run. 
three years, look, bro, three years in the three years straight in the NBA finals and getting one. Lots of teams don't do. They got teams that ain't been in the finals. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So look, like, hey, man, look, it worked. You got a title, whatever. Yeah, just move on. But I, like I said, I, this is the first time I'm starting to feel like LeBron is leaving, and 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 if he does, then I, you know, people will give him the criticism or whatever. Especially, especially if he goes to like Houston. Yeah, um, or San Antonio or something like that. People are gonna criticize him, but you know he continues to say that there's nothing left to prove. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> For my money, again, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen in my life. But uh, yeah, they're not winning the title. <laughs> <laughs> they're not winning on Saturday this year. And like I say, um, just it's not even them against Golden State. Like I said, they have to get there. And seeing how Boston plays at their best and seeing recently, I've watched Toronto and like I told you, just seeing that DeMar DeRozan has got a perimeter shot now, like I'm I'm never completely selling on Toronto. Listen, listen. For the last five years, I was a Clipper apologist. The Raptors are the Clippers of the East. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I never take them seriously. They, they, They're better than the Clippers. Than the Clippers were? Yeah. No, the I disagree. I, they're, they're better in the East. They're better in the East. They're better, period, man. Come on. Uh, we, dis- we disagree on that. De- but- no, but... DeAndre, you got DeAndre Jordan Blake Griffin. You got two high flyers because that's all they were doing. That's all Blake Griffin would, was doing. That's all DeAndre Jordan could give you up until this point. Blake Griffin has gotten a perimeter shot, you know, himself, which has really helped his game if he could stay healthy. But besides that, what was I mean? And Chris Paul, I, you say that like you say that like Chris. Like oh Chris Paul, like he wasn't the best one guard in the league. Like Darren Williams is right there with him. Like come on, where he? Where is he? <laughs> where is he? I guess. Hey, look, I'm just telling you that, that I mean, I was, and I've I've never said that Chris Paul wasn't a good point guard or a top point guard. Like because I think he plays the best defense out of any point guard, you know, right. by far. That's what, that's what separates. And I, I've always felt that he doesn't really want to win. He's always been satisfied, and I've always felt like that, even when he was in yeah. New Orleans. See, I, I, that, that's one of the things that I disagree with you the most on. Mm-hmm. Out, of, out of all our sports arguments, I think that you can tell the players that are about themselves and about like, – like Carmelo, you can tell Carmelo kind of wants to win, but is is about his money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I never got that from Chris Paul. Like, is it the commercials or his body language on the court always suggests to me that that motherfucker cares about winning? Like, you know what I'm saying? I've just always felt like, because it was even before he started doing commercial. Because, like, like I say, this, this started when he was in New Orleans. And when it came time to, it's just like he doesn't. He doesn't leave it all up, all on the floor in the postseason to me when it gets to those moments where he's needed the most. Yeah. And that just always made me feel like, man, he's satisfied with where he's getting to or where he's at or what he has accomplished. He doesn't uh, – a championship isn't going to be what does it for him. 
you know, for him to be like, oh, man, I finally got a title. I'm finally satisfied. This is what I always wanted. I feel like whatever he's always wanted, he's already got. And he's fine with that. Yeah. You know what's interesting about Chris Paul is, like, his his greatest skill set is almost like his his curse, too. Because, like, he want, he's so – you're starting to see him relinquish some of that control now that he's got James Harden with yeah. him. But he's always been so – I'm so much better than our second option that I just I'm just gonna do everything. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so like, and he can, but to a fault. You yeah, know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Like and, and when the playoffs start, it's so much on his shoulders, and they're so re- dependent on that. Just like the Clippers, you're starting to see Blake Griffin has a lot more skill sets than what he showed yeah. when Chris Paul was there, just because Chris Paul dominated everything. Yeah, like it was just like get the fuck out of here. I got it. You <laughs> know what I'm saying. And so like. That's why I think about one thing that Greg Popovich said a long time ago that makes him a great coach. Like, I can't remember, like, in a big game. It was a regular season game, but a big game on TV. Like, they were, I can't remember who they were playing. But they had their backups in until, like, the late fourth quarter. And, like, people were like, man, you know, when are they going to go back to their starters? And it's like, Greg Popovich was like, if you always play, role players and role playing positions they'll never grow mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and so like he because you, you gotta you never know what's gonna happen you can depend on your second options and that's what happened a lot with the clippers yeah they were so dependent on chris paul that anytime he got hurt they couldn't wipe their ass when he wasn't playing like you know what i'm saying like it, they couldn't do anything without him and so and and there was no reason why they shouldn't have been able to because they had exactly. the talent there was exactly. definitely talent on that bitch so Anyway, so anyway, um, hard left turn back to football. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what, uh, a good way to segue back into the Super Bowl. But. <laughs> oh man, Super Bowl, Eagles and the Patriots, a rematch. Was it? What, what was it? Ten years ago? Maybe? Yeah. Maybe eleven? Mm-hmm. Um. This one gonna be better than that one. <laughs> I mm. hope. <laughs> the and because you can't let the score fool you because the score of the last one I think was twenty four twenty one. It was twenty four twenty one, yeah, but it was a horrible game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think I don't game. think the score of this one will be that close, but it will be a better game. Yeah, um, I mean, and and the crazy thing is revisionist history. They should have they should have won the game. But yeah. I mean, should have won the game, but. Donovan McNabb was historically awful. Like, it was like, what you doing? You know, you know what it reminded me of? Like, remember when LeBron James, like, it was the first time when they lost to the Mavericks. Yeah. When it was like, uh-huh. no, you're not playing bad. Like, this is mental. Like, yeah. there's something, you know, the pressure of the moment's getting to you. And, like, that's what I think it was for McNabb. And like, wasn't T.O. out there playing on, like, a, a broken foot or something crazy like dude, that? He, he was he was two weeks ahead of schedule from a broken ankle. Yeah, a broken and, ankle. And, and caught 10 passes yeah, for over 100 yards. Exactly. Like, Still lost. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, I'm taking the Patriots because I said um, when we picked our college football championship game, I don't usually pick against Bill Belichick or Nick Saban. Like, I'm not doing it um, because they're the best at what they do. Um the talent is there for Philadelphia. 
And if Carson Wentz was there, I would be taking Philadelphia. Not that Nick Foles, not because Nick Foles played great this past weekend. And I could definitely see him doing it again. But what's the likeliness of that? You know, a bigger stage. You're the backup quarterback. This is a lot of pressure. You're, you're, they're probably going to try to depend on their run game a lot, which is not what you can do against the Patriots. If you want to beat the Patriots, you're going to have to attack their secondary. Um, I just, especially if Gronk is back, I don't, I don't see the Eagles winning this game. Um, it should be a good game because of how talented Philadelphia is, especially on defense. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady is the best that I've ever seen throw a football. So, uh, yeah, Tom Brady's going to end up getting his sixth ring. Here's the reason New England's going to win the game. Uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were two weeks to prepare. I don't really think there's anything that we need to hyper analyze about the game. Like, Foles, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Foles play great, but they'll they'll find his flaw just like they did with Blake Borders in the second half. And I think that Philadelphia is the better roster from top to bottom. Yeah. But uh New England's gonna win the game. Just yeah. like how uh championship teams when you when you put them in situations where like New England only have to navigate themselves them them their way through the AFC and it's on they only have to win this one game against mm-hmm. a team that's probably better and it's just it's one game for 60 minutes then I I'm gonna take the best coach and the best quarterback yeah so um yeah and and bro like you remember I don't know uh, I texted you a couple of days ago like wow you know during the game uh, when Brady was on making his comeback can you I think right now we're living in a time where we're watching the best college coach ever, mm-hmm. the best NFL coach ever, the best NFL quarterback ever, mm-hmm. and arguably at least top three basketball player ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, I think we're very spoiled. And even when it comes to quarterbacks, you're not only are you looking at the best ever, you're looking at especially over the past three, four, five years, you're looking at probably the top three best quarterbacks ever. When you look at Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, Drew Brees, like when when they are gone, we're really going to either be like, man, these, these young quarterbacks are amazing or damn, like I miss Drew Brees. I miss Tom Brady. I miss Peyton right. Manning. Um, see, that's what I say. That's what I say about LeBron, and I, I I'm sorry I didn't remember to mention Popovich as the yeah, probably yeah, the yeah, best yeah. NBA coach ever. But that's what I say about LeBron, bro. And and why I know you don't really care for him, but everything about him and and the way he carries himself on and off the court, you know, I think that we'll we'll miss that a lot just because like I like how basketball is the state of basketball to where. He's almost spearheading that demeanor that it's like it's just basketball, bro. Yeah. Like, and and I we talked about that like on the court, you you would rather them fight it out a little bit more uh-huh. than they do. But I, I think that like at the end of the day, bro, like you can still be competitive and still be friendly. 
You know, and, and I and I like that a lot better. That way, it's like, yeah, you do it for a living, and yeah, people want to win, but it's not that serious, dog. It, it's I just, see. it's not. Yeah, we differ on that. I want you to take it as life and death every time you step <laughs> up to the court. Like I need you at somebody's throat, and I got that. That's why my favorite player is Kobe Bryant because I got that with him every time he stepped on the court, no matter who right. he was playing against, and that's the same thing people got with Jordan. And yeah. I have, and like I don't have much problem with them being friends off the court, you know, and this and that. But just like the LeBron Draymond Green thing, they're cool off right. the court, but on the court, you couldn't tell. And I love that. I love that in sports. Oh, have you noticed that LeBron is kind of slipping in that category though, when it comes to off the court, how he carries himself off the court. I don't know if it's the fact that he's just not caring no more or what, but he's been he's been kind of, I don't even know what to call it. He's been kind of, I can't think of a word for it, but he's he's been kind of defensive more than he has been and less, less, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Politically correct. When yeah. it, as he's always been, you know. I remember. I think it goes back to high. You can see when they won the title after they won when they beat Golden State. It was just like I, that's it. Like I like I, I slayed this giant. I don't really care what y'all say about me anymore. Yeah. Like like and and I think that more than I think more than the way he lost. Like it. it, it I think he views it as. Look at what I've done more than look at how many rings I have. And that, and that's why I don't like the ring argument. Yeah. That's why I'm always th- like, are you watching the yeah. way he performed? And, and like all three finals, yeah, he's lost one, like uh, two or the three and probably will lose four, the fourth one this year. I mean, uh, the third or the fourth one this year if they get back. Yeah. That was confusing how I said that. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, yeah, if, yeah. if they go this year... But like every year, he's still the talking point. Last year, three years ago, it was man, I can't believe this dude almost averaged a triple double. And Eagle Dollar, Eagle Dollar held them to almost a triple double. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then two years ago, it was man, you know, LeBron, he 41 points in Game Seven, even though he didn't really dominate the game. Yeah, like if you, he played okay in, in Game Seven, but like. Just everything that he done, and then last year, god damn, they added Kevin Durant. He still averaged a triple double. Yeah. Like, so I think that he, in his mind, is yeah, I might be three and five in the finals, but it ain't because I ain't never showed up. Yeah. Even he didn't for the Mavericks. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I think, and I think he's comfortable in his own skin in that way. That, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. I guess that guy. Um, I do got some slight praise for him though. I meant to text you this the other day. That pass that he made to Dwayne Wade the other day, that no look pass, mm-hmm. that shit was amazing. I'll give him that one. But and I think it's funny that we spending so much time talking about dudes that you don't really care for because that Golden State game, dude, Chris Paul makes so many passes that are so amazing and he makes them look routine, dog. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a screen and roll player like where he, bro. This dude a left handed bounce pass 
around two people on target to Clint Capella like it's nothing. I was just like, this makes no sense. This makes no sense that he can make that pass. Want to get some Peyton Manning talk in while we at this since we're talking about people yeah, I don't like? Thank you for listening to Friendly Fire. Make sure to click the subscribe button below and check back in with us every Monday and Friday for new episodes. Like the show or just want to suggest a topic? Leave a comment down below and make sure to follow us on Twitter at Friendly Fire 08.